Awesome. And we are live. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Uh, happy Monday. Hope, uh, I don't know about, um, you know, other people in other places, but in Texas, we got nailed with some bad weather and hail, depending on where you were. So hopefully um, you guys listening in, or if you're on the replay, you didn't catch that weather. Um, yeah. Super so today, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it's super hot and muggy. Yeah, so normally um, Casey will be joining us here soon. She's finishing up at an HOA board meeting. Um, if you're new to this show, it's Realtor Hacks, Tips, and Tricks. Um, I'm Hallie McCrory, based out of uh, San Angelo, Texas, and now will be part-time in Dallas as well. Um, so if you're in, there, in those markets and need any help, feel free to reach out. Um, and then Casey will be coming on. She is in the... Uh, she actually works all of North Carolina, but lives in Raleigh, and everybody knows her as Downtown Guru. Um, and then today we've got one of my good friends and, uh, you know, just business partners, Alex Salazar. He's based in uh, San Angelo as well, but works a lot of different Texas and Arizona markets. Um, so he is uh, one of my most trusted real estate investors, especially when it comes to creative financing owner financing, uh, subject to, um, you know, topics like that. And he consults with, uh, my father-in-law a lot, um, and helps him on deals. Um, and it's just, it's super impressive because Alex is pretty young and, um, just carries himself very mature and, uh, has been really successful in this industry. And, um, he actually did, uh, this kind of topic for my team specifically, um, I don't know. How long ago is that? Maybe like three months ago? I want to say it was, we're in, are we in May? Yes. I want to say that was sometime in February. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it was, it was relevant then. I mean, now it's the market's picked up a little bit more. Interest rates um, even more. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for a while there, when interest rates went up and we weren't seeing a lot of movement on houses, I mean, I was getting, me and agents on my team, and I'm sure agents everywhere else, uh, we were getting a lot of calls from investors, you know, saying things like, hey, would your seller be open to terms? Um, would your seller be open it's to you know, transferring the note and letting us pay the mortgage? And um, I, I mean, I, I, sorry, and my dogs, of course, are eating right now. They're like little pigs snorting. So if you hear snorting, it's not me. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, I guess it's, I, I know, um, you know, being in the investment market with my husband and his dad, uh, Cole and Colin, um, I was familiar with what they were saying. And at the time Cole had gotten signed up with, uh, Pace Morby's sub two community. Um, so I, I, I mean, and I still, I still had a lot to learn from you guys, but, um, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm like, I mean, how many other agents are getting this call, these calls and not knowing what to do with them? And it's yep. only going to get more popular from here, in my opinion. Um, not sure about yours, but I just, I guess I wanted to have you on. Um, and especially I just got back from Tarek's uh, flipping summit, not this past weekend, the one before that. And Pace and Jamil were there talking about creative financing and they're you know, they're just making jokes about how they hate working with real estate agents. And I'm like, um, I, I get it because I'm sure there's a lot of these agents, you know, that get these calls and they're like, I don't know what that is. It's obviously illegal, probably. And so I'm just going to tell my clients that um, it's not a good deal for them and it's not um, in their best interest. And I, I'm sure there's even some that are going against um, you know, our, our standard of rules, which is that you have to present every offer you receive. And I'm sure there's some agents circumventing that because they just don't have the education on what um, or how to handle creative financing terms with their sellers. Um, so, yeah, that's a whole long winded answer on why I wanted to have Alex on um, along with his expertise. But uh, I think it's just going to be really important for a lot of agents to know whether you believe in cre creative financing or not. Um, I think it's important to know how to handle it and to know how to present offers. Um, so yeah, welcome Alex. <laughs> Long-winded introduction. But. 
But hey, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Hey, Hallie, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Hey, uh, what part of uh, North Carolina did you say that your uh, friend was from? She's in Raleigh. Oh wow. Uh, I've I've actually. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's actually heavy in that market. I said, Hey dude, like I want to get, get in the North Carolina market. He was like, dude, it's super, super, super hot. Uh, yeah. That was literally like a week, almost two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so when she comes on, yeah, we'll connect you guys. Awesome. And yeah. she's uh, her and her uh, fiance, they're heavy in investing too. They actually uh, do a lot of commercial stuff as well. So if you were interested in commercial side, um, they're very heavy in that too, but she, she's mostly, well, I would say she's probably 50, 50 residential and commercial. And commercial. Yeah. If I, I don't, had, you know, just had to guess. I don't know much about commercial. I know single family, multifamily. I don't know anything, you know, yeah. uh, uh, commercial. Yeah. Her and her fiance own, um, all the big bars on, uh, Glenwood, which is, I think it's Glenwood drive. Um, yeah, one of the most popular streets in, in Raleigh. So awesome. Yeah. She'll be able to talk more about that when she comes on. Perfect. Yeah. So today I just wanted you to maybe, I, I guess we could start off with, uh, creative financing at a, as a whole, um, or, you know, however you want to start it off, but for sure. So, yeah. uh, anytime the word, uh, creative financing comes up, uh, more times than not, uh, it usually has to do anything uh, seller financing or anything that is subject to. So subject to would probably, if I had a guess, um, be the one that uh, comes you know, uh, into play more than seller financing due to people having existing debt and you know stuff like that. Um, a great thing for both, uh, one being uh, subject to is if you're a buyer, you don't necessarily have to go and qualify, you know, uh, for a new loan, especially if interest rates are, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure if you have bulletproof credit right now, you're probably at a five and a half, right? Uh, we're still locking up. Uh, sub two deals anywhere from I think the lowest I've personally seen. Uh, I had a buddy, he locked one up at like 1.9 about a month ago, but the lowest I've personally seen is a 2.6. Uh huh. Wow. And that was uh, not even a week and a half ago yeah. uh, compared to uh, what it is now. Uh, and when you, you know, when you start to think about it from a 2.6 to a 5.6 or a 6.6, you're saving hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like those deals are just available all the time. You know, uh, usually you have to be uh, in a network of people or around people. You know, uh, I like to say just get around the campfire, you know, on with people who are doing those deals consistently. Um, sub twos, uh, the best way I like to explain it to a realtor is sub two is completely opposite and different from a loan that is assumable, right? Uh, a lot of the times when I get on the phone with most uh, realtors, I wouldn't say all, but most, uh, I think it's getting better now uh, due to a lot of people marketing creative finance. Um, so a lot of realtors are now getting educated on, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's how it's done, you know? Uh, but it's the complete opposite of assuming one's loan. So all subject to is, is, and they've been doing this since uh, I was actually reading the thing, um, uh, not too long ago, uh, a couple of days ago, they've been doing this since the 1950s and the 1960s. It was super, super common, you know, where you have debt and lien position number one, right. And they want to sell their house for whatever reason. Uh, and, and those days, um, uh, you're talking, you know, about 70 years ago, uh, 70 to 60 years ago, uh, in those days, what one would do, and it's no different now, this it's super the same. Uh, they would just take over one's debt, leave the debt in place 
and take over payments, right? Uh, the benefits of that, like I said uh, earlier, is if you're the buyer or if I was a buyer or if I'm just a homestead buyer that doesn't qualify for the traditional loan, right? Uh, funding is already in place. You know, there's no need to go out and go through all the underwriters, all the loan officers. You know, uh, I actually bought the my uh, primary residence. It's funny because I actually knew about creative finance when I bought this one, but I wasn't too, too savvy on it. Um, and uh, at the time, this was before COVID hit. So this was before the market kind of just, you know, skyrocket. But um uh, at the time when I bought it, I'm, I've been self-employed my whole life. Literally, I've, I, I want to say we put in the offer uh, on a house um, shortly after. Uh, I think it was like four or five days later, you know, the offer was, you know, accepted. The sellers were out of town or something like that out of the country. When they got back, they accepted the offer. Long story short, it was something new every day till literally the last two days before we closed that they were needing from me on my end. Granted, I was self-employed, so I'm sure the process was a lot more difficult versus your traditional, you know, W-2 kind of worker. Uh, but uh, I remember her name's Ashley. Uh, she would call me or, or uh, shoot me a message. Hey, Alex, you know, they need this, 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 and this. I'm like, dude, what the heck, you know? So uh, a cool thing, when you take over someone's debt, you kind of jump all the chaos, you know, uh, uh, and all the hurdles. Uh, not saying subject to is for every seller or it's for every buyer, but it's a great tool to have, uh, whether you're an investor like myself or you're a real estate agent that can help a seller in a situation like, hey, seller, dude, you know, we've had the mark, you know, your house on the market for 160 days, 180 days. We have some offers, but you know, you don't really have a lot of equity there. Um, something like that would be a great, great tool to have in your tool belt where you can help bring a solution to their situation. You know, uh, there's been times where, uh, because creative finance is just something, you know, uh, that's just a tool, you know, that uh, I do. But before creative finance, I used to just wholesale, right? Uh, wholesale is totally different from uh, seller financing or uh, subject to you're offering literally 30 to 40 cents at the dollar, you know, and you piss a lot of people off doing that. But with creative finance, it's totally opposite. Right. right? Uh, you can offer them retail value, but on terms uh, I think with the best relationship that, uh, I present to, uh, realtors, uh, that I've been doing now the past eight months, cause it used to just be wholesale, 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 wholesale. Uh, now, uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know it, Hallie, uh, the market has changed a lot with people who fix and flip, um, due to interest rates being high, right. uh, not just interest rates being high, but it costs a lot, even with like private money. Uh, it's just, it's just more expensive, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when that happened and I started noticing that like, man, uh, we're not, we're not getting any more traction like we we're doing. We were doing three to four to five deals, right? Wholesale deals. And now it's like, dude, we'll be lucky to do a deal or two, right. you know, a month. Uh, but when we put when when I pivoted to, hey, creative finance is a whole lot easier than wholesale. It's a whole lot easier and you'll have a better conversation with the seller like, hey, seller, I'm willing to get you the number you want to be at. But how much time will you give me to do that? Right. Um, yeah. That's usually the way I'll kind of bridge that. Um, creative for a seller uh i was working a deal well i'm currently uh, working a deal it's not done yet but uh that deal uh, uh in particular the seller is in foreclosure mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure you know the process usually when you're about to be foreclosed on you get 
a letter in the mail or, you know, mm-hmm. you get informed, right? X amount of days before, you know, uh, that happens. Uh, and some states are called like notice of defaults. Uh, and Texas, you get them every Tuesday, right? Um, well, with that one, they listed it on the market for, I want to say it was for $495. Uh, it's a beautiful home. Uh, yeah, uh, 495 They owe, I want to say, around 300 and something thousand. It's like in the mid threes somewhere. But uh, it had been on the market for quite some time now, and they weren't able to sell it. Uh, I want to say the only offer they got was... It was in the mid force, but after fees, commissions, and you know stuff like that, they were actually going to have to pay, write a check out to get their house sold. Right. You no. Know? So, a uh, long story short, uh, we came in uh, with an offer. They had like I want to say twenty eight to twenty nine thousand dollars in arrears. So, arrears being uh, payments that they've missed plus interest plus penalties so on and so forth Mm -hmm. so in order to get the loan reinstated and it was around 20 something uh or it's around 20 something thousand dollars uh but the realtor was super super awesome uh when we uh when i didn't reach out to her but when uh i want to say it was krista uh, who had reached out to her uh, initially but uh when she had reached out uh she said hey we got a deal, you know, uh, or a potential deal. Uh, they're open to terms, you know, they need to move fast. Like they have a ticking time bomb that's about to expire. Um, I said, okay, you know, catch me up to speed and what's going on. What's the details on it. And, uh, she gave me the rundown. I said, Hey, that's not, you know, that's not a bad deal. We can get the loan reinstated, keep it in place and, you know, just find a homestead kind of buyer where that won't be their forever home. The interest rate is good. And it's like a 3.2, you know, uh, phenomenal interest rate. So, uh, but if the realtor, you know, wasn't opened uh, and I wouldn't say educated, but uh, just being open, just being recessive to, Hey, you know what? There's different methods. There's right. different ways, you know, so not only are we potentially, you know, going to buy another property that we can uh, owner fly out, right. And just wrap it. Uh, but first and foremost, we were able to bring with the help of the realtor, you know, um, that was uh, representing the seller. We were able to bring a solution to their problem Okay. Uh, versus them going through a foreclosure. Right. Um, I think the best thing for, uh, well, one of the best things, there's many, but dealing with people like myself uh, is, you know, people who invest creatively, uh, whether it's just bringing, you know, um, a cash buyer to the table or kind of facilitating a deal that needs to be uh, orchestrated on terms, whether it's uh, subject to, or a seller financing, I think just being open to it, even if you've never heard of it or it's kind of foreign to you, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I've never heard of that. It sounds illegal. It sounds like we're going to get in trouble doing this, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you have to say? Uh, of course that's not every realtor. I think I've, that's probably literally 30 to 40% of the time I'll get that. And if I were to talk to hundred realtors, uh, within the week, only about 30 would probably be, Hey, yeah, let's have the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the others, and it's not because they don't want to do it. It's just, it raises a lot of red flags, you know, uh, yeah. especially people who have like, uh, FHA loans. Mm-hmm. Those are, uh, and a lot of creative people won't tell you this. Uh, but, uh, uh, those are, it's not a huge hurdle to jump. Uh, I, I actually told your seller this today. Uh, I didn't know it was an FHA. I was thinking it was conventional or I didn't think it was a VA, but I thought it was a conventional kind of loan. Right. Uh, but she was like, yeah, it's an FHA. Does that change like the picture? I said, no, it doesn't. I mean, we are going to have to jump a hurdle, but it's nothing major at all. You know, the uh, only difference there is, um, there's a lot of gray 
you know, when you're, when you're dealing with, uh, anything, uh, FHA, cause it's a government back loan, right. You know, so a lot of title companies, they won't touch it, you know, they won't touch the transaction. Uh, but usually with those we'll, you know, self-perform and buy them without uh, title insurance and, you know, uh, so on and so forth. Um, um, can I pause you for one second? Yes, go um, for it. So just, just to keep everybody up to speed, when we say owner or seller financing. It's the same thing. Um, yes. Um, so that when, when, we're, when we talk about that, the seller is actually acting as the bank and loaning money basically to the buyer. We'll create uh, a note is what we mm -hmm. like to call it just to keep it layman. You know, yes. uh, they'll create a note. It's usually if their owner financing it, mm -hmm. it's in first position, mm -hmm. right? So they'll create a note, you know, say, uh, you know, uh, Hallie's the seller, I'm mm -hmm. the buyer. All Hallie would do is create a note the same way a bank creates a note for us, you know, for your traditional kind of on market buyer is the same way a seller would that owns their home that is willing to ownerify mm -hmm. uh, or seller finance, you know, same thing. Yes. Uh, you know, that's all they're doing is uh, carrying a note. Yes. And then when we say subject to, this means that the buyer, a lot of times investors, but sometimes it's people buying for personally themselves. They basically take over the mortgage for the, the seller um, and everything transfers into their name, but except for the mortgage that stays in the seller's name. So and the deed will transfer uh -huh. the debt. So the deed and debt are two different things. Yeah. Um, it's like a car, you know, you have title and then you have your car, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's the same thing with, with homes. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your deed and then you have what they call, uh, a mortgage, all a mortgage is, is a loan based on what one's income, right? Um, so, uh, deed and debt. Yeah. And all that staying in the seller's name, like uh, Hallie said, uh, is the debt. The deed will be transferred. Not all the time. Depends. Okay. Uh, the deed will be trans. It depends on, on uh and i don't want to get into the weeds because we'll be here for hours yes. but uh, <laughs> uh, it depends on how savvy the investor is just being honest uh a lot of people you know will prefer that the deed is not recorded mm -hmm. so the deeds just kind of put in a fancy secured mailbox you know and then once they want to record it they'll record it right okay. yeah uh, but uh that's not all the time uh, I'm seeing that more and more, uh, seeing it a lot now. It kind of makes me want to start doing that. I'm like, Hey, I'll just, you know, I just won't, you know, we just won't transfer the deed either. But, uh, uh, usually most investors, they want the deed to the house because a lot of investors, they don't just buy for cash flow. You know, they're wanting appreciate, not just appreciation, but they're wanting it for tax reasons, you know, so they can depreciate the property, um, for several different reasons. That's what makes it risky. Um, okay. And then there was one other term I wanted you to explain too. Um, so like a lot of times with this subject too, um, the investor will buy it. They take over the mortgage. And a lot of times it's like a two and a half, three and a half percent mortgage when they're taking it over. And then they go and you said they wrap it. So wrapping it is when they, uh, have an end buyer and yep. they refinance it to them? Yes. Okay. I just want to make that. And that's another great way on how uh, realtors, that's another avenue where a realtor can be super effective, you know, for people like myself, uh, especially like in markets that I don't live in. Like I can't just teleport to Arizona, you know? So if we were to do a deal that we're going to wrap, uh, I can't be there within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So I can see the house. So I can see this. I can go put a little cute sign in the yard. Hey, well, you know, we'll carry the no, you know, right. uh, owner finance home, blah, 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 blah. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, 
uh, realtors like yourself, they have buyers who are interested in owner finance homes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another great uh, avenue where an investor and a realtor can kind of stand shoulder to shoulder and walk side by side. Love it. Okay, good. Um, Lisa Reyes is one of my friends and uh, she lives in Mesa, Arizona, and she was at the flipping summit with me. Uh, yeah, okay, one I saw more. her comment there. That's what makes it risky for the buyer. There's no title insurance. Hey, so what? Uh, I, I actually told your dad this. No, not your dad. You're a father-in-law. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, I, it's funny because I'm like, dad. We're talking, I'm like, hey, call your daughter. And I always refer to you as your daughter to him. Uh, but uh, I told Cole, I said, Cole, you want to know what's odd? This I probably told him this a month ago. I'm, I'm sure he remembers. Uh, I'm like, I've never known people like doing deals in Arizona, whether it was wholesale or whatever, or creative deals. Most people don't care for title insurance over there, at least the buyers we deal with. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the people here in West Texas, it's totally different. Like they will not buy unless there's title insurance, right. uh, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I totally understand what uh, uh, Lisa's comment there, because it does make it risky if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess as when I first started learning about this, you know, and as, as a primarily as a, a listing agent, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here wondering, well, what are the repercussions for my my seller? Like, are they still one? Uh, what happens if, if the mortgage company finds out that we're doing this Two, um, what, what, if they want to buy later on, does this affect their debt to income ratio? Can we talk about those, you know, um, worries that a realtor might have? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the DTI, uh, their debt to income, mm -hmm. uh, and I know there's probably any creep. I don't know if any of my buddies will watch this, but they'll probably argue with me later about it. Uh, uh, it varies. And I'll just be completely honest and transparent. Yeah. A lot of people are going to hate that I'm saying this, but it's not a hundred percent that your DTI will not be affected. Right. It all depends who is underwriting your new loan for you. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, uh, if Hallie had a home and she was going to sell it to me subject to, right? So Hallie has debt that's already on the property, right? Um, and we'll just say she's willing to sell it to me sub to. So we work out an agreement. You know, we come to terms that make sense for all parties. Uh, I give her X amount of money so she can go on about her life. And uh, that's me kind of buying her out of her situation. Uh, and in reward, she's allowing me to take over her debt. A lot of people don't like debt. I love debt, you know? Uh, so what happens is say Hallie were to go get another, we'll just say a vehicle. Uh, most people who sell subject to, they're not going to be buying a house a month or two months later, you know? Uh, but we'll say, you know, three, four months, we'll say four, you know, four months pass by and uh, Hallie wants to get a vehicle. It is going to come up that she has a house on one, two, three main street and that she still owes 200 grand on, you know, uh, a good thing for Hallie is her buyer when he did buy, you know, her house sub two, the, me as a buyer, we're getting that house serviced by a third party company. And you want to do that. So there's a paper trail mm -hmm. of payments being made, you know. So when Hallie goes and she's talking to whoever the underwriter is, because um, most loans have an underwriter um, for her new vehicle, they're going to be like, hey, what's up with the, you know, your DTI is kind of high. You know, you have a payment of 1200 bucks and Hallie's like, no, I don't like that payment's been being made, you know, the past four months. It all comes down to who the underwriter is. And that's just me being honest. Yeah. A lot of people will see that the loan is being serviced, even with the documents that you, you know, that you file them, but it's up to them for them to do a debt to income 
uh, declaration. And mm -hmm. most don't do it. Uh, one, because it's more work. Uh, two, they just think like, oh, no, you know, we can't do that. Uh, but I know, I know dozens of uh, LOs uh, that are willing to, hey, let's do the DTI declaration. Yeah, we get it that the house is still under your name, but, you know, let's go through it. Uh, provide me the documentation that it's been serviced, you know, by Westar or by whoever, you know, is a servicing it. Uh, Casey, real quick. Sorry. Hey, Case. Hey, sorry. We were having an HOA meeting in our building tonight, so I wanted to hop over here real quick. Yes. <laughs> cool. Hey, how are you? Alex is, uh, he's going through kind of um, like some worries that a, a realtor might have or want to explain to their clients okay regarding subject two so sounds good so uh that was the dti question mm -hmm. that you had hallie uh your first one was i want to say that was your last question correct um yes so first one was um oh uh or like what what happens if a mortgage company finds out about this um or like, how do they feel about it? Or can you kind of go Holly, into Hallie loves to get in the weeds. <laughs> I know. So I, I just know this is, no, as for a real sure. estate agent, this is what we're thinking. No, and for then, sure. And then, you know, if we want to uh, get in, into the weeds, people can go on, you know, cases, YouTube. Uh, do you yeah. have any, like, contacts that you put out? No, the best thing to do is to call me. Okay. Um, my wife will tell you I'm all, constantly on my phone all day. Yes. <laughs> I saw my screen time the other day and I was like, holy cow. Like, and that thing just keeps going up. Uh, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, I wasn't going to bring it up, but Sally, you know. I know. Uh, I just know, so I know bank, that's how uh, our no, real estate sure. agents think. Uh, if a bank does find out, that's funny because I talked to a realtor here in San Angelo and I'm not going to say any names, but uh, she said, Hey, awesome. Let me just confirm with the bank that they're able to do that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, let's not do that. You know? Uh, <laughs> yes. So, uh, if a bank does find out it is their right to call the loan due okay. and you have several options if the loans called due. Uh, I have a friend of mine, he lives in San Angelo, uh, super, super, super well. off. But if the loans ever called due with him, he just pays it in full. Right. I'm not able to do that, you know? Yes. Uh, so if the loan's called due, um, there's different ways on how you can backtrack. You can do, lease options are super tricky in the state of Texas. They're not illegal, but uh, they just make it so tedious. And so, you know, it's just difficult, you know, to do them. Uh, but you can always deed the property back. So yeah. when you need the property back, that's going to untrigger the, okay, you know, the, everything's fine. And then you can restructure something with the seller uh, if that were to happen. Now to be proactive, what you can do is what we talked about in the beginning. Just don't record the deed. Anytime right. the deed's recorded is when they're like, hey, why is there transfer of ownership of the property? And we haven't been made whole yet. What yeah. the heck's the deal? You know, so that would be the number one reason on why the due on sale uh, is is triggered. Uh, and what I've been seeing, like I said earlier, what most people do to stay proactive and uh, kind of just stay ahead of that is they just won't record the deed. Right. You know, uh, they'll lock it up under a contract for deed, uh, which is super popular, you know, in like Arizona. And I used to think they were illegal. In Texas, come to find out, like a month ago, they're legal. Uh, but uh, uh, there's different ways that, you know, you can be proactive or if it does get called. Right. Everything's fine. You're not going to lose your house. They're not going to come put handcuffs on you. Yeah. You're not in trouble. Your credit's going to be fine. Uh, well, if and that were to come up. Another thing, too, I want you to mention, um, I mean, out of all the deals that you've done, subject never, to, never. Yeah. Okay, but look, I've never, I, I haven't done like a thousand sub two deals. You know, yeah. I've done a lot, but I haven't done thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, well, like Pace has, and he's Pace has only been said like two or three. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he's done uh, crap load. Yeah. Uh, and all he it did doesn't was, come up often that it is. 
no. that it that it is called do on sale. No. Um, and it's not illegal. I want to say the 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 people I've spoke uh, have, from my personal uh, experience, Hallie, it's never been called you know yeah. on us or people that I partner with and hold right. houses with. Uh, the people that I have noticed that it's called on, it's usually with your smaller banks. Yeah. Where they got, uh, you know, one of the grandkids or someone or that's 20 something years old and his job's just to, you know, check all the books and make sure that everything's marking off. Uh, usually with those smaller kind of banks, those are the ones that I've, I've noticed where it is called due. Uh, usually yeah. with your bigger, you know, corporations, I've 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 yet to see that. Yeah. Okay. Not saying it won't happen, but I've just never seen it. Right. Right. But if it does happen, there's plenty of solutions on how to counter it. Right. Good. So I guess, um, would you be able to go through a scenario with some numbers potentially for us? Or um, or what were you thinking of? I know I'm you actually to looking at it. Uh, I was actually on the phone like at 520 with Austin. I'm like, dude, I have to be on a thing in 10 minutes. So just jump on with me and we'll just go through the. Yeah. So this one's not subject to, uh, this is just the most recent one in my uh, calendar, but your uh, father-in-law uh, is also involved in this one. Okay. This one's in Louisiana. Um, let me see if I can share this with you. So will this be an owner finance one? This is, yep. Okay. Yep. Well, and I always think about it too. Like if I'm a seller and I want to do something like this, if you don't have a mortgage, then you can do offer owner financing to people too. But you can offer owner financing even if you do have a mortgage. Yeah. So what we call those is uh, a hybrid. So if there's anything uh, that's in lean position number one, we're going to create something in lean position number two, and that's going to be our note that we talked about like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, that the seller is going to carry for us and create for us. Yes. Actually, can I tell one quick story that um, that Pace told us the other weekend? Yeah. Um, so he was talking about how he had a truck that he wanted to sell, and it wasn't like the greatest truck ever. Um, is, this, is this truck one or truck number two? Because he's did it twice already. He just did it like two months ago again. It was an F-150, I think. And then he sold it Don't to the, uh, the painter for payments. And he, like the painter. How much is that? Okay, is that so he said that he had a truck that he was trying to sell uh, just like cash for 12000 And um, he put it like all, like marketed it out. Nobody you know, or if people bid on it, they were bidding less. And he was like, no, I want the full amount on this truck. And so his wife was like, well, Get the truck out of the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like his wife put pressure on him and he was like, or she was like, why don't you offer people payments on it? And of course, as soon as he offered for people to make payments on it and not have to, you know, or like go through a conventional loan and, uh, you know, buy it through a loan. And then, um, you know, as soon as he offered payments on it, uh, he got an offer from someone for like 16,000, 4,000 over his asking price. Yeah. And he was like, when you offer payments to people, a lot of times they don't care what the, the, the value, what you think the value of the, the truck is. And he was like, I ended up um, becoming friends with the guy who bought the truck and he's a painter. And, adding you know adding this however much the payment was um you know adding this truck to his fleet um it made him like 7500 more a month or i don't know and he was like do you think you know it came full circle and he's like do you think this painter guy cares about how much the car like what he purchased the car at or what if he thinks it's undervalued or overvalued because if he's making 7500 more a month with that truck he got a good deal on it. Yeah. So that's any, I guess he goes into why like that, that's the same thing with sub two. Like you can offer, like if a lot of them, you know, a lot of times we'll get investors lowballing on, on, you know, properties as real estate agents um, because there, there's not, you know, the, the spread for them to get a cash flow, but with 
uh, was subject to, they can get that lower rate and then they're able to offer more for the purchase price and potentially meet people at what they want. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, I think more times than not, I, I usually always pay over retail. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a time we've bought a house up to that's been, Oh no, you know what? I don't know. Uh, more times than not, we're either paying retail or a little over retail, Right. but that's fine with me, you know? Uh, because we're getting the deal and our number, our bottom number is what, you know, that's all we care about, you know. And it's uh, better for sellers' taxes, tax purpose. It's better for sellers on taxes too because the taxes are deferred. Yes. So I won't go get a lot into that, but there's also a way they can defer taxes as well. Okay. If they were to sellerify it. So mm -hmm. if your house is worth 200 and you get them 200 on terms, there is a way they can defer all of that. Okay. Um, so that'll be a call, Alex, if you want to know more about that question. Super, yeah, complicated. But yeah, uh, that is possible. Okay. Um, I will pull this up. It's not going to be like the meeting we had, but. Rocky uh, literally met his <laughs> threshold of me being on meetings today. <laughs> What's that? For Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Me, like his threshold of me being because I had my CE earlier too. So he's just like, okay, we're done with it. Oh, oh. Uh, he oh, is like, cool. usually show, uh, show him to Alex. If I could get a hold of him, I would. I've been trying this. He's been running around. <laughs> Mom, play with me. <laughs> he found a bottle. He's doing all kinds. Of Do you need uh, help with the present? No, I think I got it. I'm going to. I'm gonna close this door real quick. What do y'all? Do y'all see like a calculator? Sorry. It's like a spreadsheet, maybe. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. So it's a spreadsheet to y'all. It's a calculator to me. <laughs> I was like, it's a, it's a say, no, that's not a calculator. That's a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. So this, let me see. Let me just share my whole thing. Hold on. So I can pull the houses up. Hold on, Hallie. You're good. Present, share screen. Just share my entire screen. Entire screen. Window. These are the houses that we're looking at. Here he is, Alex. He finally calmed down. He's got a ball. Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay. I removed it. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, there he is. That's awesome. Hold on. Let me log in. Uh, do y'all see prop stream loaded up? There we go. Yes, now we do. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, Hallie, and I'm sure you got the a text message this weekend from Cole, correct? About having a realtor here in this area? I don't think so. Oh, well. I I'll call him after. So, house, this is a package of, there's five houses, but we've only, well, I've only been able to locate um for y'all don't prop stream is not the best for um values mm -hmm. what you see there uh what i like to see is just basic information right so uh, i'm gonna just go through this super quick just okay. show you all the houses i don't think let me see we just see the prop stream updates right now I've got my little baby too. Uh, do y'all see 10 Chester Street? No. Yeah. What in the world is going on here? Hold on. Hi. on it. It's a sweet baby. Do y'all see 10 Chester now? No. Um, I think you need to close. It says prop stream updates. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing a prop stream update. Hold on. Maybe you're on the wrong uh, view on Mac. Did it change? No. Good Lord. Sorry. <laughs> no, that one's not it. Hold on. <laughs> what is going on? I don't even see what y'all see, but I do see on the thing. I know. What? I feel like it might be in the wrong. Um, we'll just do this. Uh, so since prop streams give me prompts, I'll just do this. I'll just go through the numbers with y'all. Okay. I don't know if this is a deal, but it seems like a deal. So all five houses are projected to bring in from what the seller told us. Of course, uh, come to find out sellers are not always honest, <laughs> but I take them for their word until they prove me otherwise right so monthly our uh the gross revenue is 4700 amongst the five okay. uh, our principal and interest so this is going to be i'm going to pull out a mortgage calculator and show it to y'all this is going to be so y'all can follow me. I already have it in here. Let me pull it up. Well, let me stop. Let me see. If, uh, y'all let me know if y'all can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, uh, 320,000, you know, for the five. Okay. Uh, we're giving, we're going to offer $15,000 down okay. at a three and a half interest rate. So she was fine with 4% at 300 grand, but uh, usually what I do, because uh, I know how interest works, especially the first like seven years of, you know, your loan, a lot of your payment just goes straight to interest, you know? Uh, so what I like to do to get interest rates lower is I will up my purchase price just to bring down the rate. So we were at 300 grand at 4%. Now we're, we're going to offer 320 at 3.5%. At 15 down, we're going to do a 20-year arm uh, with a 10-year balloon. Okay, so let me bring back the calculator. Uh, where is my calculator at? Share screen. Present. Share screen. I think my calculator went off, huh? Yeah. Okay, right here. So with uh, principal and interest for the 320 with 15 down uh, at three and a half on a 20 year schedule. We're at 1769 principal and interest number two. Okay. With our insurance, we're at $5,000 for the year. So at 417 a month with property taxes, those are the, some of the cheapest property taxes I've seen in my life. Some of them were like 200 bucks on, on, uh, like for the year. One was like 400. No, there was like two or three of them that were 400. And this there, isn't uh, Louisiana. Yeah, this isn't Louisiana. There's one that was like 200 and something. So, by far the cheapest property taxes I've ever seen. Um, I don't know much about Louisiana, but yeah. I'll find out a little bit within the next 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we have a uh, two thousand dollars in uh, property taxes. Our our maintenance uh, on the property. That's if so. This I'm underwriting this as if we were to keep it, okay. Or if a buyer were to buy them and keep them as rentals, or they exit however they want to exit, meaning wrap it, you know, like an owner, like on an owner fight that we talked about earlier, or they can do whatever they want with them mm -hmm. uh, at that point. But I have that at nine percent, we have our management at nine percent. Uh, at times, we'll put this at both 10 and 10 when we're uh, underwriting. Uh, vacancy, and I could be wrong. Uh, I want to say they're occupied. 
Okay. I'm not 100% sure yet. Uh, my transaction coordinator is actually calling. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. But from what I understood, when I was talking to your, uh, your father, it, it sounded like they were all occupied. So our monthly cash flow, or hold on, before I get there, our cash to sellers 15, like I said, since this is a owner finance deal and not a subject to kind of deal, there's no arrears. So okay. arrears are usually when they've been delinquent and they've defaulted on their payment and right. they're behind X amount, right? That's okay. usually when that number will change. We put an assignment fee in there. I'm not too sure yet what we're going to do, but we did throw an assignment fee if we do you know, uh, decide to assign them. Can I make uh, a comment? Uh-huh. Um, so I think for a lot of people, if they're thinking about the investment side, which a lot of real estate agents are or would like to get into investing as well, um, for the cash to seller down payment, I know Pace said that with creative financing, um, he oftentimes will offer terms um, where he makes a down payment uh, six months down the line and then a year down the line. And that down payment comes from, uh, private money, the, the, well, private money, but then also from the cash flow from the, he, yeah. From the like renting yeah, out in his possession. You can put, yeah. Balloons also on your, that's getting super creative. Uh, okay. but paces want to do that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just I just thought that was a cool little thing he mentioned. So I'll, well, this fifteen thousand, like what uh, Hallie's sharing. If I only had like five thousand to put down, and I really wanted to deal, I have money tied up. I'm like, hey, seller, I only have five grand, but can we put like a twelve to sixteen month on the remainder of the ten? Even though we already have a ten year balloon mm -hmm. on you know on the full purchase price, can you give me? I don't know what y'all call it in y'all's role. Uh, but a down payment assistance uh, for, you know, the uh, extra yeah. 10. Yeah. Uh, so I could use this cash flow, the 1500 a month uh, that we should be netting in our pocket. Of course, if this number's right, if that number's not right, if that number's like, I don't know, if that number's like 3000, then, you know, that changes up a whole lot. Uh, I would have to change that. I'll just keep it the same okay. from what the seller told us. But yes, this can be on a balloon too. Um, the assignment fee, because it, it costs to do business, even when I keep a deal like that we're going to, that I'm going to add in my personal portfolio, I will mm -hmm. still pay myself like a $5,000 assignment fee. Though I'm using my own money or private money, because uh, it costs to do, you know, we have overhead costs and we have marketing costs we have to pay. Um, it costs to find deals and get deals under contract. Uh, that deal, this assignment fee is this amount. Our closing costs, uh, we put 9000 I don't know if it's going to be less. It More than likely, it will probably be less, uh, depending on who we use. Our holding costs, we put 4500 We put 250 in marketing. So our total entry fee, we're looking around forty nine grand uh, just to buy these five properties. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, um, that's a lot, uh, especially in Louisiana. But I do like that number. Uh, I try to be at least fifteen percent minimum. Mm -hmm. So that number, almost thirty-seven percent, is super enticing. I just don't care to. I told Cole, I said, Ah, Cole, I don't know if I want to hold any property there in Louisiana, but right. we can find it. So that's what the assignment fees in there for. Because uh, I do have buddies that do like Louisiana. They know more about it than I do. So this number is all they're going to care about. Right. That number. And, uh, like we spoke about, uh, earlier, uh, the three and a half percent interest rate, which is super, super, super enticing, especially, you know, for a time like now, it was the terms pace used when he drew the note that he bought money to super and help that property. Awesome. I don't, she was with me when Pace told me. Oh, gotcha. About it. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, about the truck? Um, no, so th this was, uh, he had a, a seller in Arizona that uh, she wanted 110000 for the house and it 
probably wouldn't have a praise for that. Um, so he, you know, he talks about finding the bunnies. That's a whole nother, you can probably YouTube paste more be bunnies. Um, but he's, you know, kind of digging for what their, their pro like what their problems are or why they want to sell. And I guess she was, um, the, the lady was renting out to <clears throat> family members who were taking advantage of her, um, which that happens all the time. And um, they were wanting to sell the house and just travel around in their RV. So he asked, you know, what was, what, what would an RV space cost? And they were like, well, 375. And he's like, okay, I'll pay you $375 a month. Um, let's do 5,000 down in six months, 5,000 down in 12 months. And it worked out to where um, it worked. I think out that was one of his first few deals that he did not one of his first few, but one of the first few that he did when he opened up the mentorship. I remember that. Story. Yes. Yeah. And um, it, it worked out to where the tenants, of course, when it wasn't a family member that they had to pay, they, they started paying on time and that their rent money um, made up the, you know, the 5,000 or the, the different or the cash flow from That's what they awesome. were renting for. That's super creative. Yeah. And she, and the lady was so happy. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's super awesome. Yeah, he, he was able to get in there with literally no money. Yeah, it just if you <laughs> no had money, but he also videos. helped out a seller in you know their chaotic uh, situation. Yeah, it's um, it's very just inspiring because I think a lot of people think of real estate investors as being these like skeezy, you know people who just want to take advantage of people and it's so opposite with, with pace and with you, Alex, like Total you guys go out to help me. <laughs> Say that again. I said it's super opposite for me. Uh, I feel like I'm on the other end of that. Most people take advantage of me. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I've seen you guys help out people yeah, and obviously with, with pace's story and it, it just, there's so much good that can come out of this. Um, so it, it was just, it was really heart, heartwarming to, to, it, it, if you watch any of his YouTube videos, I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing that he can build wealth for himself, help and help other people at the same time. Absolutely. So I yeah, think, uh, uh, I, I think all in all, Hallie, uh, a great way for, realtors to have an awesome relationship with people like myself and the Pace Morbies uh, of the world is uh, uh, or anyone who just does creative, you know, stuff or is, is educated on it and is doing deals and understands how the process looks like is uh, and uh, Hallie will, you know, testify to this. I message her often. Hey, Hallie, can I have all the expired listings and all the deals that are on the market for X amount of days? Uh, one, it costs us literally no money to generate those leads. They're right. free leads. All we got to do is, you know, get phone numbers on them and hit the cell phones or, you know, uh, SMS blast them or something. Uh, but that relationship in itself is super effective. You know, uh, deals that have been on the market for a super long time and aren't moving. Deals that have no equity that are just sitting uh, there because a seller's upside down or, you know, they got the house out maybe two years ago and they're trying to sell for whatever situation that they're in. And like the, uh, the story I shared to start the show off with that seller would have to write out a check to sell their house, you know, but in return, we're just catching up the arrears and we're going to, you know, write them out a check to put in their pocket. Right. Uh, and in return, we're taking over their debt, you know, Right. Um, but I think that would be a great way if a realtor is wanting to establish a relationship with an investor or make money with an investor or, hey, like this house isn't moving here, you know, uh, just send us an offer, you know, I'll present it with, you know, right. with the seller and so on and so forth. You do get realtors, though, that will not present a creative offer. <laughs> Or Even at least they're idea. supposed to present all offers. I would hope so, but uh, I think I've gotten more realtors that don't present our offers than not. Uh, 
whatever markets I'm in or that we market in, I try to only have one to two realtors at the most right? that I have a great relationship with that I can trust, you know, uh, and that we can all make money together. You know, uh, we're still willing to pay your three to 6%, you know, commission fee or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever they charge. Uh, not just that, but we usually pay the realtors up front and, Hey, let us orchestrate the deal. Let us uh, structure it. Um, we'll handle all the headaches. Uh, y'all get paid. We help the seller out and we get a property, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. so from my experience talking on the real estate end, I, I just closed one with Sonia, one of your partners. And, um, you know, when I was first brought into this one. Okay. Yeah. So when I was first brought into this deal, you know, I was like, I don't know. I know how this works, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be doing this. I don't know if EXP allows us to do this. So uh, I talked to to our brokers. I talked to the, a few different ones just to be sure. And since you, a lot of times uh, investors don't use our, our promulgated forms that are um, you know done through the Texas Real Estate Commission, which is f- fine because you guys are preparing it, or you know you have your own attorney preparing it. Um, if it's not a promulgated form, we're not allowed to explain how the contract or what's being said in the contract since we are not attorneys and we're not experts in this non-promulgated form. So yeah, it's not typical where you have buyers and sellers communicating, but in this instance I did so that they could best under, so my sellers could, or, you know, whoever, I mean, I was helping on the buyer side, but if I was on the seller side, you know, we made it an open conversation where everybody was able to communicate. And that way. We usually jump on Zoom calls or all on a conference call. Like let's just all get on a Zoom call or conference call. and Right. So um, yeah. And then that way you guys can explain how the process works um, and you guys can explain what the contract is saying that way me as a real estate agent and on the other side, we're not getting in trouble, but we're still, um, you know, helping these clients. Um, and then we get paid like your company, the title company sends, uh, or for EXP in our, just for my example, they send out a CDA to the title company, title company cuts the check to the brokerage as normal. And then we get paid. Um, it's just a little bit different because we're not, allowed to explain what's on your contract unless it is on a promulgated form, which it doesn't sound like most of the time it is. So are y'all able to present terms to the seller? I would say like, Hey, uh, yes, but we can't, a lot of what goes into that. um, It ends up being, question like attorney related questions or questions that should be answered by you and not legally by us. So when I'm going forward with this, I'm going to be doing a zoom call and kind of, you know, I'll say, Hey, we got an offer. They want this, but you know, I know that's going to be a little confusing to you. Let's hop on a zoom call and the investor is going to present the in in depth. What what uh, the, the most confusing thing, uh, and I think Casey had got on after, but mm-hmm. it's their DTI. Like, hey, what do you mean the loan's going to stay in my name? You know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the one that brings up the most red flags. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, that makes zero sense to me. Like, what the heck's going on? Um, but after the fact, you know, uh, once you do get that settled and establish, uh, it's pretty it, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. Unless you have VA loans and FHA loans, they're not difficult. It's just a little bit more work for whoever's going to close the deal, um, mm-hmm. you know, to get over that. Right. Okay. Um, I guess, I mean, we're coming, we already came up past our hour mark and I don't want to take up um, any more of your time. So I guess that was like a just, very high level us talking about um, creative financing. If you guys have any like deeper questions, I've got Alex's email um, going across the bottom, alex at roboinvestmentsllc.com. 
Um, I know he'd be happy to chat with you guys. And um, <laughs> yeah. I'll go back and watch the beginning. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, just Alex, thank you for coming on. I think, yes, like you. I said, this is going to be really important for real estate agents to know going forward since we are at higher interest rate levels than we were in the past three years. And there's I think they're going up again in a, in a few months as well. Yeah, we'll see. What do y'all say? Uh, date the rate, marry the house. <laughs> yeah. I hear a real truth. later. No, that's true. No, that's true. I mean, yes. I, yeah, I'd probably market the crap out of that too. If yeah. I was in that lane. Um, I think rates yeah. will be back down though in a, uh, in a couple years, like two, two, three years. I think they'll start coming back down. I don't know if they'll be like at the two O's we're seeing, you know, but yeah, I don't know if we'll, we'll ever back see them again. And honestly, I felt I'm like the was just going to become the norm and they'll go make them go up to like the sevens and eights to make the five and six norm. So I think, uh, but at the end of the day, that's not terrible. You know, uh, of course, I wasn't alive then, but I know people were paying that, if not more, way back. You know, yeah. uh, I just think we got super, yeah, we got super comfortable with the twos and the threes. Anything over that, we're like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and of course, but, the media makes it sound so much worse, too. Yeah, it's really not bad. And I don't push creative finance on everybody. You yeah. know, uh, it's not for everyone, especially for sellers. Uh, it's usually for people who are in distress situations, yeah. you know, and they, you know, time's not their best friend. Uh, it's not for every buyer either. Uh, there's some buyers that are fine at, you know, at a, at a, at a six O or a five and a half or, you know, so on and so forth. Honestly, I'd be fine with a five and a half. I wouldn't, or a six. So I wouldn't complain. Just refi later when they come back down. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming yeah. on. Um, Absolutely. Gosh, we appreciate it so much. And we'll be on uh, next Monday, guys. We'll see you then. Um, I'm going to end the broadcast, but Alex, stay on so I can connect you with Casey for yes. uh, North Carolina stuff. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Hang on. Thanks, everyone.